Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am glad you joined us. I have a friend of mine back on the show today. His name is Jed, and he works at the Union Gospel Mission, and I have it on good authority that he pastors a church because he pastors a church. (laughs) And then I wanted to uh, clarify something. He made mention last week that he pastors a church, but it's a small church. Well, I got news for you. The greatest preacher I ever heard in my life had 12 in his congregation, and one of them was a devil. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, And at one point, they all abandoned him. One denied him. So, you know, don't feel too bad about uh, not having a huge church. I I actually don't feel bad about it. It's actually, we've we've always been a pretty tiny fellowship, but, you know, we have about 45. We're almost up to 50, depending on how many come on a Sunday, but... Um, it's, it's been a real blessing. The transition happened in February. I, we, we had been in transition for almost about two and a half years and, uh, it knew that day was coming and, uh, and I was prepared for some to leave and some to come and, and that's what's happened. And it's, um, I love it. I love it. We've got great people. Of course. And you know what? I, I still pastor a small church myself and I wouldn't have time to do a bigger church anyway, because Mm -hmm. really, if you have a church of any size, you really need to be a full-time pastor yeah. there. And you've experienced already how, how what the demands of, of being a, a bivocational pastor yeah. can be. It's, it's, it, but God's, I've, I've been blessed by the extraordinary amount of grace that God has poured out upon me and my wife going Amen. through this. It's, it's been a blessing more than I could say. Well, that's how I always felt about it, too. And, you know, there is nothing written in the book that says that you're only successful as a preacher if you've got 500 people in your congregation, <laughs> right? Um, that had, the numbers are not the thing that are crucial. The, the crucial thing is if you're called and have you been called, and if you have been called, are you faithful? Yeah. And then it doesn't really matter, does it? No, the Lord, the Lord spoke to me many years ago when I, I ran a, uh, we, we had a, a men's Bible study that I taught for over 12 years at our church and, and it, and every season it would, it would ebb and flow. I mean, we had one season where we had, I think 14 guys, 12, 14 guys, but for the most part, it was two or three, sometimes just one would show up. And I, and I, you know, wrestled with it as a young Christian, you know, in ministry. And I, I was praying and the Lord just pressed upon my heart that, you know, he left the 99 for the one. If you are, if you're faithful to the, to who I bring you, that's all that I ask you to do. And that really brought a, uh, a new perspective and a, and a great, um, just a great blessing because I realized that, that, that it wasn't about numbers. It was about the people. And it and it really transformed the way that I that I saw ministry and saw people, Amen. and uh, I really was able to then just pour into whoever showed up, and I and it was great. I loved it. Well, and and that's the key, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. I heard a I heard a story. It's not just a story; it's a true story. 
I have to ask uh, Robert Briggs over at Emmanuel Baptist Church since he's a Scot. He yeah. he probably knows the story. <laughs> so and and he's a good friend and I love him dearly. So uh, I have to ask him to clarify all these points to me. But apparently, many many years ago, there was a preacher, and he had a congregation, and he could not grow the congregation. He'd have a handful of people in a fairly good-sized church. But he prayed, and I guess his wife prayed with him, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be faithful. If there's only one, I'm going to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was faithful. He prepared his sermons as if he was preparing for a thousand people. He was faithful every Sunday, and one day— Amongst the two or three people that were left, there was a guy, and he was sitting there listening. And right after the service, he he just left. The guy got a letter that he wanted to see him in Edinburgh, to the biggest church in Edinburgh, Scotland. And so he came, and he preached, and he spent the rest of his time at the largest church in Edinburgh, Scotland, because that man that was sitting in the congregation was out to listen to him to see if he was the man that needed to go there. Mm. So to your point, God didn't call you to have a church of 500, 1,000, 10,000 people. He called you to come to his church and be faithful. That's it. But it doesn't mean that someday he may not call you to a very big church. But mm-hmm. it doesn't—that won't change yeah. what your direction needs to be. Exactly. So you prepare your sermon, you preach your message, you, you don't do it to bring glory to you, you don't do it yep. so you can impress other people, you don't need to make sure you've got enough Latin words in there <laughs> so that people know that you studied. You need to be effective behind the pulpit and— and effective pastors behind the pulpit love their congregation, love the Lord with their heart, and then they study and they pray, and God will bring the 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 people. Yep. And if He never brings you more than forty people, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, uh, it was an amazing thing to me when I was ordained. The I had a quite a few pastors and directors of mission there, you know, and one of the guys said, brother, you're not going to be in a little church very long. You got big things ahead of you. And of course, I heard that with my flesh as well, you know, big things ahead of me. And I was always in a little church. And 16 years ago, they called me to also be the director of the mission. And it was only then that because I had adopted that same philosophy that if that that man in Edinburgh had that I would do the best I could that I would be as I would be faithful to the congregation I'd be faithful to Christ and if he never brought the increase as long as people were growing and and people were getting saved mm-hmm. and, then that was okay yep and you know what? It may not seem like it to everybody in the world, but being the pastor of the Union Gospel Mission is a big deal. It is, and I and 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 I'm a recipient of your pastorship there. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I know that God Thank has you. called you there. And I and 
I see. I, I just I I see a lot of the fruit that comes from your from your heart there, and it's oh, and it is it, it is it is awesome, and, and it's it's great to see. You know, I, I know that 2018 was. You know, <laughs> I mean, last year 2020 was really hard on you. You know, yeah. but you still have a place. God's still using you, and so. We're we're excited to see what happens on our next chapter after all this remodel's done and oh man it's you know, amazing huh? it is so tell me something we're coming up to the holidays what's your job look like during the holidays well I'm I'm I am a pastor but I also work at the mission and I'm I work in the I'm an a, assistant in the development department right and uh, our job is to just see we we we. Our department not only works with outreach, but we also work with all the donations that come in. And so this is a busy time of the year, as in most of the donations that come in, come in November and December. And so uh, on top of that, you know, trying to facilitate the website and the social media and just, you know, all the increase during the holidays, uh, it's just a busy time. And but but it's always a blessed time because we get to see firsthand how much the community really does care about the mission and the mm-hmm. work that God's doing there. Because, you know, the cards that we get in, the notes that we get in, that just, it's, to me, it's, it's, I never get tired of it. You know, when you go into December and you're thinking, you know, can it, you know, how can this many people in our area want to be part of what God's doing at the mission and you, you know, the tubs of mail that's coming in and all the donations. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's not a mundane thing to do. It's an exciting thing to do. And, and, and it, and it's humbling, especially after last year, you know, when COVID hit, we didn't think that we thought, you know, we didn't know how long the, the, the continued generosity of people would continue. And we just, Hmm. December was stunning. No, I mean, you it know, it was stunning. It was forty percent higher than we'd ever been, and we didn't ask for it. We just prayed, and and God, right. people opened up their hearts, and it was it's really exciting to see. You know, the the only thing that is different this year than what we're used to, and that is having you know the volunteers come in for our banquets, and you know, Eileen and I had talked about that, and you had you were involved in that conversation about, you know, whether we were going to do them this year. And because we just reopened again, that we thought that we would wait. And um, so we're hoping at the beginning of the year to open back up to start doing those kind of things. But, you know, that's the only one thing that's missing because that's kind of a fun thing to do too, that we like to bring the volunteers in to serve the meals to the, you know, do a special banquet for our homeless. And so I know we're still going to do a dinner for them. We are. We are. But um, but that's just you know one of those things that we as you know the development department we like to interact with our donors and give them opportunities. And so. Oh, absolutely! And to Jed's point, you know, we as a mission uh, had no intention of coming out and you know making a plea because of COVID that you you really need to help us. We're mm-hmm. you know we're really not getting the funds we need. We're not doing that. And we as a group decided that no way we are going to play that kind of a game. It's unseemly before the Lord yep. when we were when we hadn't suffered any loss uh, of revenue yet. Nope. And so we took the tack that God supplies the bounty through all of you who are donors, 
And we were not going to advertise, and we never did. We didn't let our mailing company do it. We didn't come on the air and do a special thing about COVID. And I'm only telling you this because to God always be the glory because we didn't do anything. And yet 35%, 40% higher every single month through all of the the last 15 months. And so uh, we are able to to do what we needed to do in the other building. We're able to uh, supply what we need to supply. And again, here's the deal. It's not us. It's God. And God is laying on the hearts of people like you to donate. People have asked me, well, you know, are are you guys doing okay? And I tell them, yeah, I mean, we're doing better than okay. And so... I don't want anybody to donate to the mission because they think we are ready to collapse. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even and, close. And I think one of the exciting things too is we had we had we you had already planned on the remodel that we're doing now. Correct. Before and we never said anything to anybody. We never we never and I always think about that. I think it's like as it's as if the people like God just told the people they're going to need this. And 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 we've just you know we're we're going we're breezing through the the remodel project with challenges and all kinds of cool stuff and it we just we didn't have to work for that you know and uh, and the the just to let everybody know that I've been able to go over daily and and look at the work that's being done it's over amazing. there and I, I trust me I lived in that mission back in two thousand and four and it was run down back then. You know, when you when you're using a facility 24 hours a day, 365 days a year by, you know, uh, almost 100 men walking in and out of that place at all hours of the day, it it, it gets run down fast. And and it we've we've done our best to keep it up. But right now it's it's a complete teardown to the to the studs. And now the 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 fiber reinforced board going up makes the place look so clean it's it's just a beautiful sight to see yeah we got uh to jed's point we took the sheetrock off the walls and found out that there was rot back yeah there. it was a it lot was, of it it was you know it, <laughs> 1967 i mean that's yeah. a long time <laughs> and it was it was built with a lot of volunteer work yeah and so tell. there were mistakes but we went in and uh, as I told you guys before, no worries. We pull permits on everything. Everything's yep. been inspected. Yep. And so we uh, we tore the sheetrock off the wall. Then the studs that needed to be replaced and scary enough headers yeah. to one where one part of the second floor could have come down. And yep. you couldn't tell from the outside. Nope. We had to tear the whole stucco off the back wall because yep. the wood behind it had rotted. Oh, it was bad. Uh, we had to put 27 yards of concrete in because the sewer line Wasn't was no the right good. size, yeah. <laughs> and then we found out that the main power feed from the street yeah, had been done new. in aluminum wire and the casing was all shot. Yep. Why it didn't short, I don't know. God's grace. Yeah, that building is just, well, we know that. You know that It that, is God's it, grace. It is. And it we, is. we have... We do not have in the new part of the building, and we're going to do all three sections. This was the biggest part. Yeah. It's the two-story part. Uh, There isn't one single wire that wasn't replaced. Yeah. The plumbing has all been replaced. I saw that. 
uh, every stud that that showed any kind of damage was replaced. And then the sheetrock went on. Then the taping went on, and the ceiling was textured into uh, jets. If you don't know what it is, you can look at uh, fiberglass reinforced paneling. Yeah. And it is amazingly clean looking. And yeah. We put new lights in. Uh, the men who are on our 24-man program have have air conditioning up in the dorm for the first time. We went and and we were doing portable showers for the men. Yeah. And said, you know what? Why don't we buy two more? For the ladies. And and get the ladies for the first time out there where they can shower. And so we're working on getting that together. Yeah. We got to make sure nobody gets embarrassed, nobody gets, you know, so we've got to make sure it's totally secure for them to come and shower when they come in for their the women's day when they go to the women's clothes closet. But uh, it it essentially will be a brand new building. And I don't know if there are any other homeless shelters around that are really brand new inside. Yeah. But we no. want the homeless and our 24 men to have everything just as good as the, the newer building is. Yeah. And it, it's actually better. I mean, when you go, the, the LED lighting is just I, amazing. I, I, huh? That stuff is neat. You know, oh, I get it. You know, it just they, they put it in the hallway downstairs and I walked back there and it one of the rooms that was worthless is now this beautiful room. I'm like, you got a whole nother room out of the deal. And it's just it's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, someday I'd like to do something with the basement where we lock up monsters, I guess. Yeah. I well, they were going to put a recording studio in there. Oh, they? I know, but it gets. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't no, want to no. do no recording. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but we'll work on that at yeah. another date. But, but the bottom line is that, and you know, I got to hand it to, I, I always hear everybody complains about inspectors and things. And the inspectors that have come out to the mission, granted, we have tried to do everything exactly yep. the way it should be. But the inspectors work with us. They tell us what needs to be done. And so, at least in the city of Sacramento, I got to hand it to the inspectors who've been going through this with us. They yeah. have they have not been obstructionists at all. They they know what we do. And so, I, anyway. Yeah, I didn't. I I. From the time that I've been there, I've never seen us having any problems with even the, the health inspectors and everything. They've all worked with us well. We even got the safety award yes, again. Yes, we did. Yeah. We got the first one and we got a second safety award for the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, because it's cleanliness, it's safety and all those kind of things. Yep. And it's awesome. And if the inspector comes in, he says, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't really like this. You need to do this. We, we do what they ask yeah. us to. That's all they ask. You know, they're an authority. And so anyway, I just always hear everybody complaining and I, and I got to I got to give them credit, you know. No, we've we've things are going well and it, I mean, I have to hand it to Danny too. He's Oh, he's, absolutely. He's, <laughs> that guy is, uh, you know, having to deal with all the subcontractors and dealing with those challenges that come. Every time they peel something back, we knew that was going to happen. It was it was expected and he's handled each one of those very well. And oh yeah, and done you it. know, Danny comes to me throughout the day, hey, we got a big problem here. And, you know, there's expenses that we didn't we didn't know we were going to incur, but I had been a contractor, not in building. I was an air conditioning contractor. But uh, I know the unexpected lays behind the yep. walls. 
And so it wasn't something we didn't, we didn't expect exactly what we found, but I knew there would be stuff, <laughs> you know. And, and what's neat is that it looks like we're, we're, we're headed towards the end of November oh, yes, to be sir. able to reopen and speak into the holidays. That'll be where our homeless guests will be able to come back in yep. off the street to a brand new facility. Yep. And I mean, just being able to shower in a nice shower and, and, and everything, it's just going to be great for them. I know they're going to be well pleased. We've know. got a stainless steel little capsule. Yeah. It's actually a stainless steel thermos, but you know, for us, it's a capsule and we're going to put notes and things in there. We're going to stuff it in. And the last bit of concrete that we have to lay, we're going to lay this in there underneath there. And uh, yes, hopefully it'll be 50 years before anybody ever finds it and we'll all be gone. Yeah. But it's not the point. I mean, so many people put in so much effort and, uh, yep. and the staff loves the people out on the street. Even when they're frustrating you and they're, we still, we still know that God has sent us to that little acre of land to make a difference. Right, Jed? Amen. Amen. And it's made a lot of difference. It made a, a difference, difference in to my Jed. life. Yep. And believe it or not, I was a pastor already. Uh, by the way, I had been volunteering there for many, many years before I ever became director. I probably, I don't know, something like 28 years ago, I started coming down, and it made a difference in my life. And being director has made a difference in my life. Uh, I am grateful every day that he has brought me there. People always ask me, you going to retire? I well, that's not up to me. It's up to God. Yep. It's up to the board of directors and all those people. But uh, I have no desire to retire. Yeah. You know, it's it's not it's not a job. It's a calling. Yep. And uh, and so it's hard to explain to people. Yeah, it is. And it's it's not contingent on, you know, it, no matter how much money I had in the bank. My retiring isn't contingent on that. Yeah. Uh, I believe in what we do. I came back to the mission after COVID, and I was beat up. I was 158 pounds. I, my hair had turned almost white, and half of it had fallen out. And by the way, it darkened back up. Yeah. And most of it, it came back. It did. And uh, And... I am no longer 158 pounds. I'm not exactly what you'd call super heavy, but you know, you know, 185. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I'm pointing this out is I couldn't wait to get back to the mission, not because I wanted something to do, but because I love that mission and what we do. Amen. So we're out of time again, Jed. Okay. So I'll tell you what, after the holidays, I'll get Hannah back here. And yep. after the holidays, I'll get you back here. Okay. And we can trade war stories about what happened during the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> and you folks out there, I thank you so much every day. I am so grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm so amazed when somebody comes in and, and they hand me a check and they thank me for what I'm doing when I see how much they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So... It's not me or Jed or it's all of us together and it's God directing us and it's all of you with us. We're all a team together. 
So as always, my friends, until God comes back, may he hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.